Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brian Bass from Midnight Coffee Hour. This book, Power of Now, has got to be, and I'm about 30 pages shy of finishing it, but I've got to say, I think it's my favorite spiritual um, book outside of, like, um, religious texts like the Bible and uh, all that kind of stuff. But one thing I wanted to discuss with you guys, just because it's relatable and you guys will understand and know what I'm talking about, is love-hate relationships. Um, I really like this topic because I know it's something that everyone can relate to, uh, which might be why it was written. But anyway, um, yin-yang, man. I'm going to read this couple pages to you, so just listen to what I have to say, and as this book says, listen with your body, not your ears. Fully absorb what I'm saying. Unless and until you access the consciousness frequency of presence, all relationships, and particularly intimate relationships, are deeply flawed and ultimately dysfunctional. They may seem perfect for a while, such as when you're in love, um, but invariantly that apparent perfection gets disrupted by arguments, conflicts, dissatisfaction, and emotional or even physical violence uh, that occur with increasing frequency. It seems that most love relationships become love-hate relationships before long. Um, Love can throw them into a savage attack, feelings of hostility, or complete withdrawal of affection at the flick of a a switch. Um, This is considered normal. The relationship then oscillates for a while, a few months or a few years, between polarities of love and hate, and it gives, as, gives you as much pleasure as it gives you pain. It's not uncommon for these couples to become addicted to these cycles. Their drama makes them feel alive. When a balance between the positive and negative polarities is lost, and the negative, destructive cycles occur with increasing frequency and intensity, which tends to happen sooner or later, then it will not be long before the relationship finally collapses. And we've all been there. This is exa- I mean, this is how relationships happen. Um, it may appear that you can only eliminate the negative or destructive cycles. Um, oh wait, it may appear that if you could only eliminate the negative or destructive cycles, then all would be well and the relationship would flower beautifully. But alas, that is not possible. The polarities are mutually interdependent. Just like yin yang. You cannot have one without the other. The positive already contains within itself the as yet unmanifested negative. Both are in fact different aspects of the same dysfunction. I'm speaking here of what is commonly called romantic relationships, not of true love, which has no opposite because it arises from beyond the mind. Uh, love is a continuous state as is as okay, love as a continuous state is as yet very rare as rare as conscious human beings. And that's something you'd have to read this book to understand. Um <clears throat> but Uh, Brief and elusive glimpses of love, however, are possible whenever there's a gap in the stream of mind. The negative side of relationship is, of course, more easily recognizable as... Okay, the negative side of a relationship is, of course, more easily recognizable as a dysfunction than the positive one. Um, And it's also easier to recognize the source of negativity in your partner than it is to see yourself. Uh, to see it within yourself. It can manifest in many forms, possessiveness, jealousy, control, withdrawal, unspoken resentment, the need to be right, intense insensitivity, self-absorption, emotional demands and manipulation, the urge to argue, criticize, judge, blame, or attack, uh, anger, unconscious revenge for the past and 
past pain inflicted by apparent rage and physical violence. Um, on the positive side, you are, quote, in love with your partner. This is, at first, a very deep, satisfying state. You feel intensely alive. Your existence has suddenly become meaningful because someone needs you, wants you, and makes you feel special, and you do the same for him or her. When you are together, you feel whole. The feeling can become so intense that the rest of the world fades into insignificance. However, you may also have noticed that there is a neediness and a clinging quality to that intensity. You become addicted to the other person. He or she acts on you like a drug. You are on a high when the drug is available, but even the possibility or thought that he or she might no longer be there for you can lead to jealousy, possessiveness, attempts at manipulation through emotional blackmail, blaming and accusing, fear of loss. <clears throat> if the other person does leave you, this gives rise to the most intense hostility or the most profound grief and despair. In an instant, loving tenderness can turn into a savage attack or dreadful grief. Where is love now? Can love change into its opposite in an instant? Was this love at the first place, or just an addiction, or just an addictive grasping and clinging? So, he's it, it's a, a good description of of why things are the way they are and why that's that's just how that's just common. Um, but he's not saying you know you should never look for a relationship. Um, you know the reason that so going back into what he's saying. The reason why the romantic love relationship is such an intense and universally sought-after experience is that it seems to offer liberation from a deep-seated state of fear, need, lack, and incompleteness that is part of human condition uh, in its unredeemed and unenlightened state. There is a physical as well as psychological dimension to the state. So on the physical level, obviously you are not whole, nor will you ever be. You are either man or a woman, which is to say one half of the whole. On this level, the longing for wholeness, the return to oneness, manifests as a male-female attraction, a man's need for a woman, a woman's need for a man. It's almost irresistible, it's it's an almost irresistible urge for union with the opposite energy polarity. The root of this physical urge is a spiritual one. The longing for an end to duality, a return to the state of wholeness. Sexual union is the closest you get to this state on the physical level, which is why the most deeply satisfying experience or that this is why it is the most deeply satisfying experience the physical realm can offer. The sexual union is no more than a fleeting glimpse of wholeness, an instant of bliss. As long as it is unconsciously sought as a means of salvation, you are seeking the end of duality on the level of form where it cannot be found. You are given a tantalizing glimpse of heaven, but you are not allowed to dwell there uh, and find yourself again in a separate body. On the psychological level, the sense of lack and incompleteness is, if anything, even greater than on the physical level. As long as you are, identi are identified with the mind, you have an eternally derived sense of self. That is to say, you get your sense of who you are from the things that ultimately have no, uh, that ultimately have nothing to do with who you are, as your social role, possessions, external appearance, successes and failures, belief systems, and so on. This false mind-made self, the ego feels vulnerable, insecure, and is always seeking new things to identify with it uh, to give it a feeling that it exists. But nothing is ever enough to give it lasting fulfillment. Its fear remains, the sense of lack and neediness remains. But then that special relationship comes along. It seems to be the answer to all the ego's problems and meet all of its needs. At this, at least this is how it appears. All the things that you derived from your sense of self from before now become relatively insignificant. 
You now have a single focal point that replaces them all, giving means to your life, or giving meaning to your life, and through which you are defined your identity, the person you are, quote, in love with. You are no longer disconnected. You are no longer a disconnected. You are no longer a disconnected fragment in an uncaring universe, or so it seems. Your world now has a center, the loved one. The fact that the center is outside of you, and that therefore you still have eternally derived a sense of self, does not seem to matter at first. What matters is the under underlying feelings of incompleteness, of fear, lacking fulfillment, so characteristic of the egoic state, uh, are no longer there. Or are they? Have they dissolved, or do they continue to exist underneath the happy surface reality? If in your relationship you experience both love and the opposite of love, attack, emotional violence, and so on, then it is likely that you're confusing ego attachment and addictive clinging with love. You cannot love your partner one moment and then attack him or her the next. True love has no opposite. If your love has an opposite, then it is not love, but a strong ego need for a more complete and deeper sense of self, a need that the other person temporarily meets. It's the ego's substitute for salvation, and for a short time it almost does feel like salvation. But there comes a point when your partner behaves in ways that fail to meet your needs, or rather, those of your ego. The feelings of fear, pain, and lack... Uh, the feelings of fear, pain, and lack that are intrinsic part of your egoic consciousness but have been covered up by the love relationship now resurface. Just as with other, every other addiction, you're on a high when the drug is available, but inevitably uh, there comes a time when the drug no longer works for you. When those pain, painful feelings reappear, you feel them even more stronger than before, and what is more, you now perceive your partner as the cause of those feelings. This means that you project them outward and attack their, uh, and, and attack the other with all the savage violence that is part of your pain. This attack may awaken your partner's own pain, and he or she may counter your attack. At this point, the ego is still in, is still unconsciously hoping that its attack or its attempts at manipulation will be sufficient punishment to induce your partner to change their behavior. So it can it can use them against it can use them again as a cover up for your pain. Every addiction arises from unconscious refusal to face and move through your own pain. Every addiction starts with pain and ends with pain. Whatever the substance you are addicted to, alcohol, food, legal or illegal drugs, or a person, you are using something or somebody to cover up your pain. That is why, after the initial euphoria has passed, there is much unhappiness, so much pain in intimate relationships. They do not cause pain and unhappiness, they bring out the pain and unhappiness that is already in you. Every addiction does that. Every addiction reaches a point where it does not satisfy you anymore, and does not, uh, and, and you, and then you feel the pain more intensely than ever. So what he's saying is that you need, like, when when your parents or whoever has told you that you need to love yourself before you love others, this is what they're meaning: is that you need to remove whatever pain and unhappiness you have because uh, eventually. If you do have some, if you still have baggage, you're going to bring it out and it's going to, you know, if not taken care of, be the end of a, uh, a good a good union. So, back to what he said, this is one reason why most people are always trying to escape from present moment and are seeking some kind of salvation in the future. The first thing that they might have encountered, if they focus their attention on the now, in their own pain, is that this is what they fear. If they only knew how easy it is to access the now and the power of presence that dissolves the past and its pain, the reality dissolves 
the reality that dissolves the illusion. If they only knew how close they are to their own reality, how close they are to God. Avoidance of relationships is an attempt to avoid pain um, is not the answer either. The pain there is, or the pain is there anyway. Three failed relationships in as many years are more likely to force you into awakening than three years on a desert island or shut away in your own room. But if you could bring intense presence into your aloneness, that would work for you too. And it goes on and on about addictive and enlightened relationships, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's something I do want to uh, say one more time. Um, the following page, still with the relationships and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he, he says that, you know, um, you look past the veil of form and separation. You look, you know... Where was it? Oh, what is God, the eternal one life underneath all forms of life? What is love, the feel of the presence of that one life deep within yourself and within all creatures? To be it, therefore, all of is love. God, love is not selective, just as the light of the sun is not selective. It does not make one person special. So Romeo and Juliet is not something you should put your money, like don't put all your eggs in one basket for that one perfect person. Uh, exclusivity is not the love of God, but the love of an ego. However, the intensity with which your true love is felt can vary. There may be one person who reflects your love back to you more clearly and more intensely than others, and if that person feels the same towards you, it can be said that you are in a love relationship with him or her. That bond that connects you with that person is the same bond that connects you with the person sitting next to you on a bus, or with a bird, a tree, a flower. Only the degree of intensity for which it is felt differs and that's something that i was talking about in the last anchor episode but just kind of like we all have a relationship with one another uh all things all beings um man there's some cool stuff that i will get into about this book in the review uh and let's just say it has a lot to do with nothingness in space Speaking of which, I'm just going to reveal a little bit of that. It is said, well, it's not said, it's, it's like fact. We are almost 100% nothingness. Like the, the, the distance, like the space in between cells and within, or like the distance in between our atoms and in our atoms is like a lot. <laughs> it's, it's more than our atoms themselves. So like we are almost 100% nothing. Um, in physical form. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. This was a little bit of the popular book, The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment by Eckhart Tolle, a well-known contemporary spiritual teacher. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening. You'll hear from me probably later today. Share it around. See you later.